girl. Ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, today is a national holiday because it is what? Lottie's birthday, bitch! Happy birthday, you ugly whore! I love you so much, oh my god! I need to let this shit out. Fuck that. Fuck that. Welcome to a little number we like, oh. It's my bitch birthday, 202. Welcome to, bitch, another year sign up. Better is stronger, bitch, real fast. So today I am Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> and um, today's a little, you know, royalty was born on this day. Yes, God. Yes, ma'am. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, thank you for the intro because you had me dying. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Mean it. Um, and today is like no other day. However, today's a little special day. That's right. Um, we're going to go back for a moment. Back in time. Back in time. That's right. We're going to go back to the very beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because before Marlon, mm-hmm. there was an OG here first. That's right. Foundations were laid. Foundations were laid. Yes, they were. Edges were slayed. Hello. And she has been on my ass <laughs> <laughs> about being here and missing all of you guys. And what better time what better time to bring her back to where it all started? That's right. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not. She's not a guest, so I'm not doing that. Right. Um, Major Aaliyah is here. That's why good time. Come on, yeah. Pastor. Thank you for the intro. <laughs> Come on, Pastor Jay. Um, sorry about last week. Um, scheduling. Hello. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know what? You know what? We're gonna stay with you this week. That's right. We're gonna save it. That's right. We're gonna save it. That's right. That's right. Um, so I want to do something mm-hmm. before we get to the normal format. Um, if you know me, if you love me, there's one thing that I love more than anything. Mm-hmm. And guess what it is? Well, I love insecure. Well, so <laughs> season four. Just and it looks like I might have jumped ahead of Marlon today. No, you didn't. I didn't. Okay, good. I'm just dying on the inside. So we going Why are you dying on the inside? Because you're about to do this review. I just, I just watched the finale the other day. Oh, you're still dead. And well, I'm gonna take the time out to talk about season four. Shampoo and conditioner get on my nerves. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> we'll talk about it. If you haven't watched it, spoiler alert. 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. baby, you going on she a whole week to watch the show. Can we please have a quick rundown of Kendola's um, messed up names that were trending on Twitter? Right. The fact that y'all made canola oil trend on Twitter wow. has me crying. Wow. Um, I saw condolences. Condola virus. Um, conditions. <laughs> like Aaliyah just said, conditioner. I, you know, I'm glad I stay below the grid because this is the type of ignorance. I just can't take it. Look, conta- I think <laughs> container. Conta- uh-huh. <laughs> At some point, y'all have to stop. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Confabulation, confession. No. Confetti. So. I'm gonna normally what I wanted to do originally was to recap the episodes, but I wanted to recap the season. Okay. Now, if you've gone through my computer is gonna be keeping up along with my phone. Computer I can't help. Computer I can't help with recording. <laughs> my phone is on vibrate. As, as we just said, it's my birthday. So bear with me if you hear a little background noise, I can't help the shit. <laughs> so this season was an emotional trigger because we witnessed literally the, how miscommunication and ego can really fuck with a friendship. So it's funny, and I'm not even talking about you because that's a whole other topic for another episode. So it, okay, it, it's my birthday. So, um. Witnessing this and having gone through it with, um, especially with people you grew up with, yeah. I think that was the hardest to watch. It was more so the fact that little by little, you just kept seeing barriers being built up between the two of them. Right. It got to a boil during the block party. <sighs> the block party was like the climactic episode of the entire season. <sighs> Let alone the fact that both of them damn near came to blows during the block party. I smacked shit, Molly. I'm sorry. First of all, can we please talk about where Molly went wrong? Because it's both were wrong in majority of the scenarios, but nobody was more wrong than Molly. So we roll out the scroll. First of all. How do you put up a how do you put up a boundary to your best friend for a dude that you basically did not want last season? Two, you would not have met him if it wasn't for her. Because it's the thing, Molly likes the idea of being in relation in a relationship, but she does not know how to be in one. She doesn't know how to be present in one. Well, she doesn't so, know how to be present because she don't know how to look beyond her own nose. It's all about her all the time. Exactly. exactly. And that's the problem. And I knew that was bullshit when she's like, oh, I'm putting up a boundary for my relationship, bitch. You don't even like him like that. You don't. You sat here and put up a boundary for him. Number one, she's in the middle of organizing an event. There's contracts that go in this shit. If she can't follow through with a headliner, she could be sued. Like there are legal doc- there's legal documentation that goes into this shit. They didn't go completely into detail right. as far as to the background work of it, but I know this. There's contracts. Mm-hmm. If you can't provide that, your vendors, your sponsors, they could all start requesting their money back. Right. That and the fact that she pulled all that shit, right? To just be like, oh, Issa only call me when she wants something. That's the dynamic of the relationship. She keeps Issa subjugated to that point to where she has to need her. 
And if she doesn't use her in the case of putting a whole block party together, when she doesn't use her, when she doesn't pull Molly in, what does Molly do? She had a full blown ass. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what she did when she got close to Condola. When she had, when she saw that she was having a better friendship, what did Molly do? Showed her entire black ass. Mm-hmm. Like Molly has that ridiculous need to be needed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, and if you, but then she complains about being needed. But when you go, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna do what I need to do. And then Molly's like, well, why, why don't you need me? And you, you, you gotta do this, and you gotta do like. Okay, Issa didn't need you. You showed your ass. But then when she does need you, you still show your ass. Uh-huh. So it was damned if she did, damned if she didn't. Not to mention, she was like the one friend that did not contribute at all to the event. Mm-hmm. If you really want to go there. Because mm-hmm. Tiffany gave her Candola right. to help her as far as getting the PR legwork done. Right. Flipping Tiffany... Tiffany, excuse me. Kelly. Kelly sat here, bartended events. Right. I think she even helped get a sponsor or two. I'm not sure. I think she did. But she was helping her network to get the actual money to get the event off the ground. Can we also get to the fact that Amal DJed the fundraiser? Her brother. Yes. And then you had, like, everyone helped. Even Nathan, who she was not talking to. Hello. She was not fucking with him. The same motherfucker that you swerved for your friend Mm. last goddamn season. Mm. (sighs) And now, here we are in this boundary, and y'all have this big one. First of all, she was wrong for how she handled it. Because you understand when you pulled her to the side, but you're doing all of this at At the event. And that was the part, I think, that did it for everybody. It's like, we are at the event. You are doing this bullshit and it's unnecessary. Right. But here's what here's the hard truth that the Molly fans don't want to hear. Molly wanted to see Issa fail quiet. Yes. yes. She yes. wanted to see her fail quiet as kept. Yeah, she wants to see her fail because she didn't want her to be doing something better than what she's doing. Exactly. And that's what I that's what me and you was discussing. As long as she's doing better than Issa. She can be her friend. Mm-hmm. But when Issa starts stepping up and leveling up and stepping into her greatness, she's like, oh, I don't fuck with you like that. Right. Because she don't treat Tiffany that way. She mm-hmm. don't treat Kelly that way. No, that's man. the only friend she treats like that. Mm-hmm. And now that she was starting to branch out and find her way, Molly ain't know how to act. So it's like, I gotta have that one friend I can shit on because I can't shit on the other two because they ain't gonna have that shit. So Issa's the only one that's gonna have it. Mm-hmm. So... She just wanted she wanted to see her fail and that's what made me mad at Molly the most. She wanted her to fail. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how how do you even want that? Like Which is why she wouldn't give give her what Issa asked her for in the first mm-hmm. place. It was like, no bitch, now you gonna need me and I now I know you're gonna fail if you don't have this. Yep. So fuck that. Now I got this bullshit ass boundary I'm gonna put, put on. Put on there, cause my man. Like get the fuck out of here, child. Like ah! And, that, and that's what I ought to be said at the TV when she said, I was like, get the fuck out of here, mother. That bullshit. You don't even like that nigga. Like, come on. Talk some boundary. Bitch, I'll bound you my foot up your ass. Listen, I can't. It, so, and I think the part that got me the most was even afterwards and when you heard Issa's reasoning for not reaching out to her, I'm like, she makes sense. If you look back at the, the previous three seasons before season four, 
Every time they had a falling out, Issa always the first one to reach out. Yeah. Forever the first one to reach out, bridge the gap, even when she's wrong. And I hated when the Molly fans said, oh, but Issa's always fucking up. But Issa also acknowledges she when she fucked, fucked up. up. Molly never acknowledges when she fucks up. Because she's too proud. She can't. We she, watched it when she went through that shit with Dro. We watched well, it she's not, proud, no, no, no. It's not that she's proud. She has no sense of accountability. That part True. too. So it's like, with 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 Issa doing that, yeah, she acknowledges that she takes accountability. But like with Molly, when you when you try to hold her accountable, she takes that as, oh, I'm offended, I'm being attacked. Like with Andrew, he's like, I don't want to have a debate with you. I'm just telling you that this is what this is. Mm-hmm. And then she's, well, why this? And then why this? And then it's like you being defensive because somebody's holding you accountable. And she has a very unrealistic sense of what it means to forgive somebody. Mm-hmm. Like when her father, when her brother told her, "Dad, Daddy's a nigga." Like the, the best, the best line came from Curtis this season. Dad's a niggas too, and she really needed to grasp that to let go of why she was upset with her father. Because at the end of the day, you it didn't happen to you; it happened to her. If she could put it behind her from years ago, why are you holding on to this? And you're not the one in the marriage. Because, like I told you, Molly holds other people to standards she can't hold herself to. Huh? So, and that's a word. If you do something. That makes Molly angry. You gotta grovel and do all this shit for her. But if God forbid you ask for an apology from her, she ain't giving you that shit Mm-mm. because she holds other people to a standard she can't hold herself to. Because she That's builds this false narrative around herself that she's this superhuman person mm-hmm. that everything she does in her life is fantastic. It's golden. Nothing's wrong. She can do no wrong. All this other shit. But all of that is done to hide her own insecurities about herself. So mm-hmm. she shits on other people and puts other, pe- other people beneath her to make herself feel better about what's mm-hmm. going on in her life. Yep. And just like with this whole thing, like, if I was Issa, I would watch Rebuilding a Friendship with Molly. She does. Because Molly is only a good friend as long as you're doing worse than her. Yes. She can't take if you at the same level or above her. Mm-hmm. So she has to keep you, like you said, beneath her right. in order for her to be a good friend. Like, dude in the group that, that you running, he was like, he was going so hard for Molly. Talking about Molly was a good friend of this and that. Yes. Molly's a good friend where? Right. How? And you're going a little too hard for some fictional characters that ain't fucking financing or feed any one of us. So... Molly was showing from the beginning she wasn't a good friend. Yeah. And even if you look back at past episodes, she wasn't really a good friend because she kept Issa in that space. And now you really see it, like with the boundary shit. And then now, oh, I don't want to talk to you. It was like, did that text message at the kickback send itself to Issa? I mean, did it? I don't think so. But Molly's such a good friend, though. Such a good friend. And the part, I think, it's just, she upset me so many times. So many times this season. She was such a trigger. But I think I have to point out where Issa failed. As, Lord, y'all know I'm team Issa all the way. Um, I have to point out the fact that um, Issa messed up with the brunch. She messed up with the brunch because she didn't dive into yes, that topic. Exactly. You should have opened the brunch with talking about that because it's been lingering with you guys for like months mm-hmm. that you two of you are having issues. Mm-hmm. So now here you are having an issue 
and you want to run away from it because you like I don't feel like it's like it's the time. She felt like I, what we saw. Molly felt it was like basically nothing was accomplished, and it was the truth. Nothing was accomplished. You didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You basically tried to act like it didn't happen. When the issues are that deep, you cannot act like it didn't happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce a, a different perspective. Do you think that maybe Issa was a little in, was gonna do it, but was a little intimidated because of the way that Molly communicates? I think that Issa handled it the way that Issa knows how to handle her friend. Mm-hmm. I think that Issa went the route that was most comfortable that has always been throughout their entire mm-hmm. friendship. Now, granted, Issa, I believe that Issa realizes that there's growth that needs to be done between the two of them, mm-hmm. but she also was in a space where it was like, bitch, I've been trying to get you to get on board and be happy for me while I'm doing the shit that you've been trying to push me to do all this mm-hmm. goddamn time, and now I'm doing it, and now you're acting like you don't really want to fuck with me. Yeah. So now it's like, I want my friend back, but I also want my life and the success that I'm building for mm-hmm. myself. I want you to be a part of it, but you're being a fucking dick. Yeah. So how do I get through to you? I do what we've always done. We have a problem. Mind you, the issues have never been this big between mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. but it's like, because that's introducing a new dynamic, it's like, well, bitch, I don't really know how to handle this because we ain't never done this before. That and... Just looking at how Molly communicates, it goes back to making her take accountability. So see, having a conversation like that that's very straight and that's very direct, she probably may have gotten intimidated by just the fact that, okay, she don't communicate. She's going to see, you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this when I'm just saying, okay, you're telling me to do all these things. I'm doing them and it's either you're going to be behind me or you want to, you know, just... You know, go fuck yourself somewhere. So, I think she was probably a little intimidated by that because she wants Maya to take accountability. But what's gonna be lost is while I take accountability for my wrong, I want you to take accountability. Exactly. And she knows Molly ain't gonna do that. And she knows Molly's not gonna do that. And it's gonna go. And it's gonna go left because Molly has a very Molly's too busy telling Issa she ain't shit to see yeah. that she ain't shit either. Yeah. Exactly. Period. That's all it is. I think the thing that most, my favorite line from the whole season was when Molly finally made the appointment while in Mexico to see her therapist. Yeah. Because it was a, like, I was praying that she made an appointment to see Dr. Joyce. I'm like, we need Dr. Joyce. We need her now. We need somebody <laughs> find Dr. Joyce. Please go find Dr. Joyce. So Dr. Joyce told her the best line that I heard all season that they had do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? Bitch, I said, hello. I was I like, said, oh, because I was like, wait, I'm like, oh, 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 and that's what mommy struggles with. She wants to be right. That's the point. That's her left and right limit. She wants to be right. She doesn't care about your relationship. She don't care about who you could be. You could be a fucking mama. She wants to be right. And that's the problem. That's what can't get her over that hump to work on her relationships because she has to be right. So even like if that conversation would have happened, Issa would have had to be like, you know what? You were so right about this and this and that. And you have to like, she would have to stroke her ego mm-hmm. in a way that would deny Issa her feelings on what happened. 
And Issa is growing in that way. That's like, no, I'm not going to deny what I went through and my experience with you by stroking your fucking ego. You did this. I fucked up and did this too. But how are we going to fix this? But Molly wants to be right. She wants to hear you were right. But this is what I felt in the process. That ain't going to work. Because you didn't say, Molly, you right, period. Done. That's what she wants. And Mm -hmm. she's not going to get that. I think, and now that we step away from this, we got to go into their relationship aspects that happened this season. Now, Mm. shout out to my boy, Andrew. Leave that bitch. Break up. (laughs) (laughs) Break up. Shout out to Andrew. Because Andrew was one of the most patient men Molly has come across. He did not sit here and get loud with her. He didn't sit here and run when things got tough. He stayed. But when it finally reached a fever pitch to the point where he could not take it anymore, it was like, I ain't trying to argue with you. I'm not. When the season finale, when he when they went back to Molly's house, his facial expression showed you he was over it. His body language told you he was over it. And all, like, literally, when homie said, if this would have been me, this whole thing would have been different. And she, the real, another real line that came, and it came from Andrew, he had to ask her because. Molly was making all these excuses like, oh, you, you know, it's the longest, it's as long as we've ever been with it, or like either one of us been with anybody. We can go to therapy, we can make it work, da da da. What are you fighting for? I'm like, oh. And she didn't even know. Shut her right the fuck on up, too. I was like, this is the, I'm like, Lord, this is real. That's why she teared up, because she knew he was right. Mm -hmm. It's like, at the end of the day, you're doing all these things. And yes, we all know, granted, you don't like the person you're with all the time, but he was continuously feeling the same way for the longest and didn't know how to say it. Yes, sir. And I'm like, girl, you went through all this and damn near started the end of your friendship with Issa and you didn't even pay attention to the fact that you and Andrew were not connecting. Like, even with an issue with, with um, Andrew's brother, mm-hmm. you didn't want to put your own pride to the side and understand that if this is the man that you want to be around, you're going to have to accept his family. Mm-hmm. There's no other way around it. You tried to avoid being around his brother. Then the whole situation, you continuously shaming Issa when last season you were fucking a married man. You were fucking a married man. Hello? None of the niggas that Issa has brought into her life are married. No. None of them. No. They may be a little conflicted, but they're not married. Listen. You was fucking a married man. And what, what I liked about Andrew was that he was completely tuned into what was going on between Molly and Issa. Mm-hmm. And he was subtly telling Molly that she was wrong too. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was she was when he t- when she um told her about the brunch. Oh yeah, me and Issa met up. Okay, so did you did Bre- y'all talk? No. You know, she didn't bring it up. Did, did you bring it up? Accountability. You don't have to it's wait for not her. All on her to do it. Like, it's kind of like remember when remember I'm gonna go back a season real quick. Remember season two in particular because I ended up binge watching the first two seasons because I was bored at work. When ain't shit going on, not times I find myself in the binge and I was like, fuck it, I'm binge watching the first season of Insecure. <laughs> so remember the scene when Lawrence when Lawrence and Derek were at the bar, okay. and Derek had said to Lawrence, he said, honestly, man. 
this is not all on Issa. Right. Like, he had to let him know, this is on you too, and it's kind of like that moment had to happen for Molly. Like, exactly. it's just as much your fault as it's hers. It's like, it takes two to work in a relationship. If you're not willing to compromise, then you don't need a friend. You need this. Your therapist needs to be your friend because you don't know how to manage a friendship. It's like, it's compromise. It's like, you're going to have conflict with your friends, but it's compromise. It's what happens. Mm -hmm. But my girl, Issa. Oh, Issa, girl. First, she started the season with fucking TSA Bay. I mean, TSA Bay was thick with it. TSA Bay was thick with it, too. And it looked like the dick was good, too. The dick looked like it was good, too. You knew. Hit my booty button. He like, oh Jesus. Then you had you flipping hell, oh, Jesus Christ. So we started the season with TSA back. Right. And East was fucking him. And then the all too real lights part where people kept on saying, Oh, we don't see condoms, we don't see condoms. Issa got a fucking condom stuck inside of her. Oh. It's like, girl. Y'all don't see enough condoms. Y'all get more than a fair share of condoms. This oh. bitch trying to get a cum condom out of her. Like, oh. so we started with that. And then, of course, Condola and the block party. And then her finding out that Condola is dating Lawrence. Right. And then my girl has an epiphany. Like, cause shout out to the fact that we finally, after close to four years, met Issa's mama. Right. Hello. It took us close to four seasons to finally meet Issa's mama. Yes. Then you get like the all too real um explanation of the conversation she had with a ball. Right. At um when they went to the Tex Mex at a restaurant for right. um the Mexican restaurant, excuse me, for Thanksgiving, and she told them all that basically Condola was benefiting off of the man that she had built. And which was an all too real sentiment. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, girl, <laughs> the, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. When you find it, when you, if you've ever had a moment when you build up a man and then to see that man flourish even more after y'all break up, it's like, the fuck? <laughs> like, what? it took us to break up for you to do better even but more? you know what? Like, see, the thing about that situation that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to is that we oftentimes encounter people at the specific time that we're supposed to encounter each other. Mm-hmm. We're not always Talk meant about for each friend. other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are more relationships that you will have in your life that will be building blocks for your personality, your future. Um, they will teach you lessons that you need to learn in order to get to the person that you're actually supposed to be with. Friend, that's a word. I mean, that it just is what it is, you know. And we don't want to, we don't want to say that because when we're in the thick of it and we feel like we are contributing so much to this person's life, you feel like you're giving your all, and when it finally doesn't work, and then it seems like the light bulb comes on when you're gone, 
we have to realize that in that situation, the prime example that I put up to it is like when you with somebody, you introduce them to your family, you introduce them to your mama. And your mama's all gung ho for them. She support them, everything like that. However much time passed, y'all break up and it's over. And your mama be like, I ain't like it, no way. Mm-hmm. Well, why you ain't tell me? Because I'm too close. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have listened to me. Mm-hmm. We can't hear people when we're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Like when you with somebody and a lot of shit is going on, y'all can't really, really figure out your own way. And then when you finally get apart and have that time to step back, mm-hmm. when people say hindsight is twenty twenty, they like there's a reason why it is because when you can look back over where you've been, you can see all the shit like everywhere where you fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this didn't work here because of this. This didn't work here because of this. So now I can change that. Mm-hmm. I can upgrade myself because of the experience I've been through with this person. True, mm-hmm. and it took it took us to. Um, the episode entitled Low-Key Happy um, where Issa and Lawrence meet up because actually we saw after Molly came back from Mexico, she runs into Lawrence. We didn't know at that time Lawrence was coming back from San Francisco. How about that? Mm. So he went and the person he was calling at the end of the episode because we didn't know who it was, he was calling Issa. So they had a whole date episode and I'm biased because I'm the president of the Nathan Hive. <laughs> Listen, that man does something to my spirit. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was team Lawrence for her, but you know, after, you know, shampoo and conditioner came in with her bullshit. I think come I'm on over friends come on friend come on over friend mm-hmm. I am the, I am Nathan Hive I'm the president but oh wait we ain't even at that part no I not, hold on I got this I got this I got this I got because I have a prediction I'm Nathan Hive I'm the president so Nathan cool and all when they lights came in funny couple of eyes they crazy first of all first of all you won't watch your mouth whatever you won't watch your mouth it's true you won't watch your mouth it's true you won't watch your mouth he killed whatever Handsome or whatever. Yeah, I... He's handsome. Y'all fucking playing. Anywho. <laughs> so we get to the point where they like literally the night is looking like they're on a date. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence goes outside to speak to um terms and conditions. Um, because she was calling him. And he goes back in, it just so happens. Because they had caught a um, they had caught a lift to Lawrence's house, right. and of course the next house was be East's house. But he says, "Why don't you come in so I can show you basically how?" I did. So he goes inside the house. Um, Issa actually used the bathroom, take the book, and you know he was outside with um, curling iron. <laughs> so he comes back in, and Issa is standing by the door, and. He basically said, you want to phone with Condola. So my girl, for the first time in four seasons, she went after what she wanted. She said, what if I I don't want to go home? Mm -hmm. He was like, so then stay. Mm. And oh, they fucked. That was in my basement. Tell me. Yes. And they fucked. And it looks like everything was on the right page, which it was. And then, like, even the thing that made me more proud was it went to show how dedicated she was to making it work. Because even when she had to check Nathan and let him know, I'm with Lawrence now. 
mm-hmm. in the season finale. I'm like, my girl taking this serious. She got her man back. Damn. Like, whole season is over. Listen. And then, because you know, I'm, I'm still seeing Nathan. I don't care what anyone say. Something is going to happen to make her question their friendship. Because eventually what's going to end up happening is you cannot turn someone that you dated, let alone someone that you fucked, into just a friend, especially when that person still has feelings. Like, it's, it's possible, but it's impossible at the same time. Because that person is still garnering feelings for you. Yeah. And it's hard to be friends with a person like that. Well, I mean, we've... Well, well can't say that. Um, it's going to be an interesting dynamic next season simply because of where Nathan's stance is in her life. Yeah. Nathan, Nathan basically left an open door. And because, oh no, that joy is crack, baby. That, <laughs> you will come back. You will come back. I just think that it's going to be. <sighs> I think we're going to find Issa in a space where she's going to have to try to navigate wanting to be with Lawrence and terms and conditions, you know, what being what she is. But my prediction. Mm, come on with it, friend. My prediction is that that ain't gonna go all the way through. We gonna get to. Miss Carrie. She may just run off on the plug. You know. I. You know, I, I don't think that that's gonna. I don't think that that's gonna happen the way that it's gonna happen. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna give my prediction for next season because um if you got, we had to skip over something. Actually, you kind of foreshadowed a little bit. So we also found out in the biggest climax that was to the season finale was um, Lawrence going over to East's house. And Lawrence seems a little distant, and you can tell something on his face. And now I'm trying to say when Lawrence has that face, something has happened. Yeah, definitely. So he went to East's house and he had a face. And Issa automatically knew, thank God my good sis is picking up on shit. She was like, what's wrong? And he said, last night, Kendola came over because she wanted to talk. And we go into Toyota Corolla announcing that she was pregnant. Which, the Insecure fans, shout out to y'all, because all of us was predicting that she was pregnant since the block party. I have a confession. And I know I'm right, and y'all ain't gotta agree with me. That bitch knew she was pregnant at the block party. I don't care what nobody say. That bitch was questioning it at the block party. I feel like you like her energy when she walked up to Issa that day was a little bit more distant than usual, and in her face you could tell like. She knew something. She knew something was going on with her, but it was like too much. Like she was still processing it mm-hmm. and like didn't know how to really address it. And it really wasn't for her to address it with Issa at that moment. Because mm-hmm. even Issa and Lawrence hadn't got to that space where they were like, you know, yeah, in the thick Because of it. I think she was going back and forth with trying to keep it or not. Mm-hmm. Because she was like, I could tell Issa. But then I don't know if I'm going to keep it, so what's the point of telling her at, at that same time? So she's like, I'm going to just... But see, Casamigos... Casamigos! She's going to be... 
interesting character next season just because the crossroads that she's at right now is a very complicated one. So here it is. You have this woman that has been married before, and there were a lot of things that she was trying to accomplish for her husband that just did not happen. She gets into this relationship with Lawrence and it's good and then there's this introduction of this really crazy dynamic where the woman that I'm working with is the ex-boyfriend of my man. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. So then you have the whole conflamment between her and Lawrence that eventually breaks them up. Now can we, sidebar, can we please get into the fact of we should have saw the foreshadowing that took place. Sorry to cut you off mid-sentence. Remember First of all, it was they were not in a relationship. They were just dating. True. Now, that's the part I think everyone is missing. They were not together. They were just dating. So then remember the Thanksgiving the Thanksgiving episode opened a lot of uh, opened our eyes to a lot of things that we weren't paying attention to. Because remember, Lawrence was never invited to that Friendsgiving. He invited himself. And remember, majority of her friends were clowning Lawrence because they said that Lawrence was just supposed to be a fuck buddy. And and that made him question himself Mm -hmm. as where he stood. And that's when they had the conversation and condolences said... If Issa would have never cheated, would the two of you still be together? Remember, he never answered that fucking question. And then when we found out at the block party episode was that they stopped fucking with each other. Mm-hmm. Which further convolutes Casablanca's story. <laughs> because <laughs> that makes me not like her just a little bit more. Oh, shit. space because he had feelings for you all of a sudden yeah like you said y'all don't want to fuck with each other no more so right. now that he's moved on with somebody else now you hmm. she makes you so damn mad so complications was talking about now, <laughs> that's it that's now, the one that's it that's now, the one now she don't want him to be with Issa that's the problem because if it was any other woman, would she have kept that baby? But, but, go on. Do we even know if she knows that he's with Issa? No, I don't think she knows. She don't know yet. She don't know that he's with Issa. I guarantee you she don't know. But what let me know that is an ulterior motive with this shit is pay attention to what... don't want him to be with No, 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 no. Pay attention to what she said that day that she told him. She said... I'm giving you the opportunity to be involved. You can be involved as much as you want to be involved. Either way, I'm good. Ulterior fucking motive. Because yep. there's no way, no woman is going to sit here and mean that shit wholeheartedly. She, she may bait him. She is going to bait him. Now, I personally... What happened, Fred? I don't know. Because, I mean, I honestly, feel like... I'm going to tell you why I feel like she meant that. Because there's a part of her that is quote unquote noble enough to understand the weight of the situation mm-hmm. to let him know. Like, yeah. I know we're not fucking with each other like that. All is cool, but I need you to know that I am pregnant so I can give you the opportunity to do what you want. If you want to be involved, that's fine. But we have to remember she always wanted a child and could not have it with her husband, and she said that. 
She was like, I tried this with my husband and it never happened. And here it is now. I'm pregnant and I have a child. I've always wanted one. So this is basically like, nigga, if you want to be in this child's life, that's cool, but I got what but I, I want. Exactly. I can so do without I, you. I can do without you. I have a child now. Exactly. I'm just telling you so you know. You basically the circuit. Yeah. So if you want a piece of this, you can have some. But if you don't, that's cool, because we're not fucking with each other. No way. Exactly. But then, here's where I got mad at Lawrence. Because... Niggas like to act surprised when a woman comes back and say they pregnant. Right? But you act like you don't know what happens when you shoot somebody club up. Wait a minute. Because in the midst of that conversation, you heard Lauren said, I thought we were being safe. That's going to be another really critical piece. Nigga, you said you don't like wearing condoms, so what the fuck you mean? Don't listen to what he just said. But listen to what he just said. Lauren said, I thought we were being safe. So that can mean a number of things. Because mm-hmm. you might not be using a condom, but condom, she could have had some kind of contraception of her own. She could have told him she was on the pill, you know, whatever. You know, conglomerate just gets on my damn nerves. You know, she gonna be an issue. Solitary confinement kind of rubs me the wrong way since the beginning of the season. Um, <laughs> I mean, Shakira Banana been on been on my nerves. Like, I got one last nerve. I got one last nerve with that bitch. She is jumping on it. Okay, before we wrap this up, because basically we took over Squirrel One with this conversation. So Squirrel One is gonna wait another week. I think there was nothing. Really, really pressing to discuss what's going on this week. I'm gonna look real fast because I have. Well, they always should matter. The fact that we have to chance it for people to understand it is sad in itself. Um, Did you find anything? Let's take a break real quick. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. We'll be right back, guys. Hey guys, I'm on break. Today's episode is brought to you by my birthday. Um, if you guys want to contribute to the fun, I know I don't expect people to have money in the time of Rona. You know, Black Lives are still not happening to matter to non-people of color. Um, you want to give me a good birthday gift? I love those. Um, what you can do is write a review on Apple Podcasts, rate, subscribe, honey. Okay? And you know, Marlon, for the longest... We're ready to accept them, you know. I've been giving out the signal for the longest. So I'm going to do it again now. That's right. Ask WRYH podcast at gmail.com. Once again, we want your letters. Send it. We want to hear your mess. That's it. Okay? That's it. We want to hear your mess. We want to give y'all the ratchet advice, hood wisdom, even to send your letters. Okay? We need your hood ratchet advice. We want to give it. We want your hood. We want to give hood ratchet advice. 
Okay. All your ball hit whole shit. Listen, this is summertime. Rona might be out, but they ain't stopping y'all from being hosts. Send your letter to ask WRH podcast at gmail.com. Appreciate it. Mean it. Let's get back into the show. All right. Try this shit again. That's right. All right. Go ahead. All right. So, we're back. So, let's make this a little special. The thread is all about Lonnie, and I figured what we can do. To give a little bit for Lonnie yes. and to also give a little bit for the listeners. Wow. We would do a little impromptu interview for Lonnie. What? We're going to ask Lonnie all of the questions. Oh my god. Day of Beth. Oh my gosh. I have a good time. Oh my god. I didn't approve this. Oh, you didn't approve it, but you're going to do it. Mm. All right. Mm-mm. Hmm. Mm-mm. So. Mm-hmm. And then, Leah, if you feel the need, if you feel inspired. So, question number one. Go on. How does it feel to be? You know, I feel very um, old now. Oh my God. I feel as if my age has gone from 32 straight to 55. Wow. Um, wow. I feel very aged, very seasoned. Oh. Um, and yeah. That's just the best way to describe 33, that's fine. You look at your birthday, bitch, because I have some words for you. To all you beautiful people out there in the podcast land, 30 is not old. None of your 30s are old. Do not subscribe to bullshit, okay? When you make it to 30, that's when all the fun starts, bitch. So, uh, get into it. You know, he's spoken like a real 39-year-old. First of all, ain't there yet. Subscribe, me. Love you, mean it. Mm-hmm. Tell us one thing you're most proud of and why. I'm most proud of being here. Um... If you guys know, and the funny part is, it's ironic that this episode is being shot with Aaliyah because you two, in all honesty, were the main two that knew before I actually did this that I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how or where to start. And it was the first time that I actually did something as a creative and saw it through and was consistent with it. Mm-hmm. So this is the most the thing I'm most proud of. I will never forget those five text messages. What if people don't listen? I was so paranoid. Just do it. Come on to the house. Let's write some notes. Let's get this done. Next thing you know, first episode. Second episode. Third episode. It was just it was a lot. It was a lot. Black ass seasons. Like it was a lot. From the time it was an idea. Literally, just an idea. Why do you think I was so upset? This is technically my baby. You better, you better sip that wine. This is my other baby. You better sip that wine. It's my birthday. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking dope. Okay. Oh, let's see. Let's pussy Thank you. Let's get a little serious. What would you like to see come out of the current state of the world? This may be a far cry and a far stretch, but I would actually like I would actually like to see Black Lives actually matter. Um, I would like to see it just not be about the heteronormative of Black Lives. 
Um, it is inclusive to all of the members of the LGBTQ plus community. And I do need heavy emphasis on the T. Um, it's just, it's time. But this is the time where the literally the world is looking at us. And there's a lot of things that have taken place um, in the past week, especially. It took, and I didn't get to talk about this in the thread. I mean, in a thread, um, and scroll on because we bypassed it because Insecure took over the first half of the podcast. It took 130 years for Quaker Oats to realize that Ancient Mama, um, Ancient Mama, Mrs. Buttersworth, and Uncle Ben's were literally racist as hell. And it took you 130 years to realize that shit. Like, literally, there was a whole episode on A Different World about Kim not wanting to play the Mammy character because it was a racial character. Right. And it's like, you don't understand until you've actually had to go through these things and have to consistently be oppressed. Even after slavery, we thought we were free. No, bitch, we went straight into segregation. Hmm. And in some people's minds, this is still segregation. Nah, bitch, I'm not my ancestor. You will get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just on period. Yeah, it's it's that's it's uh, all of this is just like I feel like you know we've tried to pull the scab of racism off of this country for a very long time, um, and we've gotten some pieces off, but I feel like shit is bleeding right now all over the place. It's bleeding, and it's finally to a point where we are having we have the actual attention centered around the conversation that needs to be had. Mm-hmm. But it's will they listen? Like it's not just the whole situation with Quakers Oats. Now they have a conversation about making Juneteenth the actual holiday. We have been free for how many how many years at this point? Right, free ish. <laughs> for how many years at this point? And now you want to make Juneteenth the holiday? Like, I mean, I'm gonna say it's a day for my birthday, but still. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I really don't want us to be pacified by these very small things they're trying to throw us right now. Yeah, like you're throwing crumbs at a mm-hmm. situation. It is like, no, they're not making real change. Even the murders for um, Breonna Taylor, you fired the cop, but no charges were pressed. And it took three months for you to actually do it. Right. It took you three fucking months. That makes no sense to me. You passed the law for no more, um, what is it? Uh, no knock. Oh, no, not entries. Yeah. You, but you're not addressing the problem. He's still employed. He's because still, what's going to happen Like, not even employed. He's not being charged. He got fired. He's not being charged. And what happens to most cops when a situation like this happens? They run to another town or another city, and guess get what? They get hired a fucking game. Get hired again. There's so much work that needs to be done, but I, I, I want for us to continue to apply the pressure. On their necks, on their ass, period. Listen, until we get what the fuck we really want. Flat the fuck out. Woo, shit. All right. Had to get that outside. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, tell us your fondest memory thus far. Your fondest memory. It could be about anything. You know, it was a lovely day. It was like 4 17 a.m. Mm-hmm. And. After mm. <laughs> and I just suddenly, you know, I had I was two weeks overdue. Wow. And yeah. Wow. Wow. And I was two weeks overdue. Listen, you wanna ask my mama because she'll tell you. <laughs> she'll tell you you two weeks overdue, you stubborn as hell in the womb. Stubborn as hell. <laughs> and I pranced out 
First of all, the the imagery of you prancing out of your mouth just came across my mind. Right. (laughs) Actually, um, my fondest memory, I would have to say, mm, has um, a little backstory, and this might be well, it's not TMI. Um, My a lot of people didn't know my youngest, my baby sister is adopted. Um, She's been with my family for two weeks. Um, and guess who was the person that actually got her out of the car when she came to stay with us permanently? Mm-hmm. It was me. <laughs> so I think my fondest memory was actually being able to have a baby sister mm-hmm. and actually have that bonding experience with her when she was a baby. Like now she's a full blown adult, has a car, person is in college. I'm like, my God, like to actually be able to say I, I can remember her growing up is like my fondest memory I have. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Um, give me three things you're most thankful for. My family and friends, period. Um literally I have to tie y'all all, all in together because if I consider you a friend, especially if you've been here for a while, I consider you family. Right. Um, I would have to say I'm thankful for acknowledging the fact that my mental health is real and it definitely needs work and I also am grateful for my I would have to say my patience <laughs> my patience is impeccable there there <laughs> I like I tried to perfect it for so many years but eventually once you press that last button bitch I can't take it no more Oh, two Libras. Two. Not one, but two. (laughs) Um, Tell us one thing you change about your life and why. I would have... I would have finished to get my degree in journalism. I definitely... I was close as hell to finishing, but I backed out and just started to work full time. But I would have finished it, even though the crazy part is a lot of people that are now in media that do not have degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like yes, you can have this degree. Yes, it'll work wonders for you. But at the end of the day, a majority of the people that are in media do not have degrees. They just so happen to be well-vast. Right. You know, something that I really appreciate about the world we live in right now is that we got to a point where we are realizing that this fucking school system shit is a scam. Mm-hmm. And that you don't, necessarily have to have that piece of paper to achieve your dreams and that relying on your natural talent can take you further than any piece of paper can ever get you and like just something that I've always admired about you is like your wealth of knowledge about like music because you know shit that like I sit back and listen to you sometimes I'm like bitch you know all of this you know like your your research your knowledge your fact checks all the shit that you know about music I've always admired that about you that is so fucking amazing like being a music lover and not knowing half the shit that you know I'm like this bitch got a secret book somewhere where like he just pulls like all the knowledge like an encyclopedia like for real like we could be talking about something and a lot of be like well bitch really what the what the real deal is that this number of sales and this does this and that I was like it's only found out you're working for a record company somewhere and we don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, that's 
That's fucking dope. I love that about you, friend. <laughs> Thank you, friend. You are welcome. Give us three things that really grind your gears. Fruits. <laughs> um, fruit is at the top of the list. Um, damn. I have to think about this. Wait a minute. We got to pull over. What is it about fruits that grind your gears? We're all human. Mm-hmm. So I always cringe when I see someone judging someone living in their truth. Like, y'all know here we a pro ho. If I see someone sit here, oh, they fucking this after. Bitch, yes, they fucking them. What's the problem? Hello. If they fucking them, they fucking them. That's their business. Which one of their bills did you pay? Which, are you going to have you for this rent? Have you, have you bought them a meal today? Have you, have you, have you, you bought them? Did you put food in my fridge? Hmm. Did you do that? Right. Because if you didn't do the bad necessities, you have no right to tell me who I should or should not be fucking. Hello. Period. Um, okay. I would have to say prudes. Um, whew. Etubs. Yes, the old hotels. Mm, yes, I call them I know. Uh, you always do it. It's so funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Mm-hmm. Homophobes. Okay. <sighs> oh, I don't, we don't even need to go into all that. No, because Lord knows we can't... I, thank God I have male straight friends and they're cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because... Hell no. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bitch, get me the fuck out of here. I gotta go. Right. Like, I can't. They grind my fucking gears bad. Give us the silliest moment in your life. Bitch. <laughs> I know this one. I can say it. Because if you was a friend, if you were my friend in high school, you know my silliest moment ever. So, picture it. Boom. Sicily, 1942. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I was in my sophomore year of high school. And we were in English class. Yeah, it was English. And we had this game where we were playing. Like, I forget exactly what it was. It was kind of like a tournament almost. And I went, I was mad. I forgot the answer right there, bitch. Um, And I go to sit on the desk. Now, you know those old fashioned desks that have like the actual like the seat and then the actual desk yeah. like right here. So I decided to sit my ass on that part, and I did not take my time to ensure that it was balanced or anything. I bust my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I can laugh about it now, but you know, as a teenager, you're like, bitch, everybody I'm is so But now you just like, oh my bitch, no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ooh, the shit that we were embarrassed so, about oh, as kids. Now we'd be like, what the fuck? Like, like girl, I, like, girl, I've done worse drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I've done worse drunk. I think I got one. Okay. What is your favorite moment with Marlon and with me? This is dope. My favorite moment with you was when we went to the Millennium Tour. That's Easily. That was dope. That was, that was easily dope. And we were out of a fucking bucket. Like, bitch. <laughs> we did not get thrown up. We would not have none of that shit. We would go sham the damn straw. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went to the Millennium Tour. It was literally up a lot. Like, 
I would tell anyone, once Miss Rona done doing whatever the fuck she doing, if you have not gotten a chance to go see that tour whenever they come around, please go. It is such a nostalgic, good-ass show. Because, not so much, we got to see a chance. <laughs> Yo, that <laughs> show was so, so damn dope. It was so good. <laughs> um, if you guys remember me talking um, about how hype I was back in like season one with oversized white tees and Air Forces, that's mm-hmm. the exact name of the episode. Because I know it by heart. Um... <sighs> I would have to say, oof, Jesus, I have to mention it. Mm-hmm. It was um my favorite moment with Marlon, I remember um it was when I realized that we actually were growing closer. And because I'm not gonna give too much background. Right. Um but it took him to be brave enough to admit a situation to me and I think because we were already could tell that we were friends but mm-hmm. it took a situation to be unveiled to really show that it was that we were actually closer than what we thought we were mm-hmm. so I would say that is my favorite moment with Marlon even though the best moment I had with Marlon was the day that we went to see the read live <laughs> And that was my first time meeting you, right? What? I think it was. It was. It was. It was. Yep. See, that just shows my energy is good. It's just good. Oh my god. We saw each other before that. No, that was the first time I met. So much damn fun. Yes, we went out again. That was so fun. Roma got to get up off her shit. Yeah. That was so much fun. We went to BBQ's first. Yes, BBQ's. Yes. Yes, we were fucked up at BBQ's, y'all. Yeah, fucked up at BBQ's, then went to the show and just turned the fuck up. That was a really great time. And just me and LaKaylee 47. Oh my god. Going to the liquor store after just walking around with a fucking bottle in our hand. Shit. We was so the night was young that night. It was so fun. Absolutely. It was lit. It was lit. Alright. Give me your proudest whole moment. Mm. In colorful detail. Come on, ho. It wouldn't be who raised you hoes without it. Mmm. This ain't even a hotel. You got me telling you. That's dope, baby, because it's all about money today. Yep. <laughs> Come on, go I and go. Can. You love me, and I know it. I would have to say it was the time that I had. Uh, I would say a fun time. Mm hmm. With a couple. Come on. And their friends. Come on! Tell us about it. Talk about it. I had... Jesus Christ. God forgive me. <laughs> I had three different penises on me that day. It was a proud... It was a proud day. Mm-hmm. Proud day. Proud day. Mm-hmm. Ooh, child. You tap dancing around a bitch. Give us the beat. Mm-hmm. Come on. Just the beats. Come oh. off it. It's not the hotel. I'm gonna tell you nothing. I don't give a shit. It's over my money. I asked you a question, ho. Listen, just so happens one of the people I have a history with and their lover was down with it. Along with just so happens the friend that was there. Yes. Next thing I know, I'm getting picked down and not to mention it happened 
On my birthday. God. Last year. What? <laughs> Perfect product placement. Perfect product placement. And here we are, a year later. This bitch has left 365 days tail to tail. Oh, bitch. All right, and last question. Okay. What are three goals you have set for yourself within the next seven years? I want to own a home. I want to own. I want to run and own my own production company. Work. Um, and I would love, 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 love again to be in a happy, committed marriage. Come on, happy, committed marriage. Marriage. Listen. I speak things to this. That's right. From your mouth to the ears of the universe, it is so. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. So. That was the last question in the All About Lonnie lineup. It's all about me. Y'all know we usually do a mental health tip at the end of every show. But this show Mm -hmm. is going to be way different. Whoa. Because it's still all about Lonnie. About me. That's right. So, you know, without you and, excuse me, um, your determination to make Who Rage Blows a thing, mm-hmm. a successful thing mm-hmm. that many people rejoice in. Mm-hmm. Ali and I would not be here to be part of it. So we are going to take this time to each give you your flowers mm-hmm. and give you three compliments apiece. Because mm-hmm. it's all about life. That's right. Sorry, I'm going to call birthday. Okay. You know... We ain't, we ain't, you know, been the best. We haven't had, you know, great communication sometimes. But I love the fact that we could own our shit and come back together. I truly consider you a very close friend of mine. I ain't going to do it because I'm a G. I ain't going to cry. I really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, consider you a true friend. That's my first one. My second one. You have a heart of fucking gold. Like, there are not many people that I know that are as considerate as you are, as always there as you are. Like, even when you're not there, you're still there. Like, the moments when I want to fucking kill Ed and hide his body somewhere, <laughs> like he'll text me the fucking he'll text me the fucking wide eyes and be like, "You you good? Like, do I need to bail you out? Like, hard of fucking gold." Now, my third compliment, my third compliment is is going to be a statement, but it's also going to be a question. Okay, you ready? Go ahead. With the last two compliments being said, right? Mm-hmm. Keep all that in mind. Oh, God. We've been through a lot. I'm pretty sure we're going to go through many more things. Oh, God. But like I said, I still con- consider you a true friend. We can fall out and we'll come right back. And I know that. And I know that we have a great friendship in that way to where, yeah, we'll fall out for a month or two, but... 
we'll be reaching right out and seeing how the other is doing be like yo i fucked up i fucked up too i'm sorry so in light of the last event i own i take ownership of my part of it and i am sorry again telling tell you that to your face and i want to ask you if you'll be my man of honor again Shit, I'm sensitive as shit. <laughs> Fucking Gemini's. First of all, that's the side of the show. So you can Because <laughs> Lord knows I'm a cuss child, and everyone knows this, and this is where the sensitivity shit kicks in. Yes. Oh, gosh. All right. Oh, God, child, let me finish this wine. So, um, I met Lonnie through a previous level. And when Lonnie and I met, I knew that Lonnie and I were going to be cool. Um, especially when I found out he was Gemini, because, you know, Gemini's and Libra's toes like peas and carrots, so I knew he was going to be one of my favorites. Period. Um, I really appreciated the fact that you trusted me with something that was so near and dear to your heart um, and asking me not only for advice on it, but to be a part of it. You really touched me in a really special way when you like asked me to be the co-host um, because I know how important this is to you. Since the inception of it, like when we talked about it, when you trusted me with the information the first time and all that stuff. Um, and it really... It means a lot to me, and it shows um, that you feel safe with me enough to trust me with things that are near and dear to you. Um, I really and sincerely admire your desire and your willingness to do and reach for your dreams. Mm -hmm. So many of us don't have the courage to do that, and you jumped out the window and did something that you really wanted to do because you weren't passionate about it. And I want you to never forget the trepidation that you had to actually do it. And then when you feel that, look at where you come from. You are still going with this. It is still going strong. You are gaining more and more of a following with each episode like you are doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you go to reach your other goals, you know, to have your own production company, to have your own home. Never forget where you are right now because this shows you that you have the power to do whatever you set your mind to. Mm -hmm. Number two, again, I really admire your intelligence, your know-how, your like wealth of knowledge that people far and wide probably have no idea <laughs> how to culminate these things. You are an extremely intelligent, witty, and insightful person, and I never want you to change that about yourself. Ever, 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 ever. Third and final, I have watched you grow from the person that I met, what was it, four years ago? Yeah, we met like four years ago. Four years ago. The man that you were four years ago is not the man that's sitting before me today. You continue to grow, you continue to own who Lonnie is, 
unapologetically, and I want you to keep going in that direction. Because as long as you keep on that track to just being you and doing what works for Lonnie, you will never, ever fail. Mm. <laughs> I love you sincerely. You have a friend to the end of time. Mm-hmm. This time and the time after and the time after that. And if ain't nobody else here for you, we will be. Goddamn right. <sighs> Right. Period. Period, Pooh. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.